On this episode of Sega Talk, we discussed High Voltage Wii exclusive fighting game that no one played. We look at the game's development, we waggle our nunchucks and pick our way through the game's playable gods. All this and more on this holy blessed episode of Sega Talk. SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what's up? Hello and welcome to a brand new, well, sort of brand new episode of Sega Talk Podcast. I'm your host, George, and with me, like always, is Barry. Hello. So, I mean, let's just say it out loud in the beginning. I screwed up the last episode of the podcast last week, so we're actually doing this one again, and I hate doing episodes again. hate it, because it's like part of the experience is showing you the notes for the first time, so now Barry kind of right. knows... Some of the bear, some of the notes. Kind of, I know everything. He knows everything. So instead, it. we're going to talk about Bayonetta. Yes, no. I actually no. wish we could talk more about Bayonetta, but today we're talking <laughs> about Tournament of Legends. And if you haven't heard of this game, I don't blame you. We usually don't talk about, at least not so much high voltage software games, and this one is a very obscure game they released with Sega. I think a lot of hardcore Sega fans have never even heard of it. But you could tell the people at home why we're covering this game, Barry. So we are covering this game because it was a Patreon pick. So if you support us on Patreon at certain tiers, you get to pick what games we talk about. Sometimes it's not a game. Sometimes it's a console. Uh, But this time, it most definitely is a game. And the picker this week is Bobbert. And he had this to say. He said, thank you for accepting my odd request. I heard about Tournament of Legends on the internet and Nintendo Power Magazine. The only reason I bought it uh, to show was to show support for High Voltage Software and Sega for supporting the Wii during this time. I beat the story mode a few times and liked the game. I appreciated the little things they did to stand out from other fighting games, like each fighter had their own story, kind of like Twisted Metal, and cheesy one-liners from each fighter. Use of motion controls, they also have standard controller options, and being able to heal and fix your armor after each round. It may not be a great game even for Wii standards, but I can see some people viewing this game as an underrated gem. But the most interesting part about Tournament of Legends is the development history. It used to be known as Gladiator AD, and watching the trailers for it was awesome. I would say more about it, but I'm sure George and Barry would give more information about it. If Gladiator AD released instead, I'm sure it would still have been a financial flop, but more people would remember it along with other M-rated Wii games like No More Heroes and Mad World. Again, thank you for taking the time to talk about this game and looking forward to watching more of your videos. Nice. I like it. Um, I think it's weird, and he mentioned it before, that he bought this game to support Sega because they were supporting the Wii. Do you remember this era mm-hmm. and like a lot of people supporting Sega, at least... Some Nintendo fans, because of the advertisement campaign Sega would do with either mature games or trying to release like full-fledged FPS games on the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of remember people going, we, we, should, we should buy the Sega games even if they're not all that great just because it's a genre or it's like an age rating that we don't see too often. Mm. Um, also, at this time, there was a lot of exclusives mm. for the Wii from Sega. I mean, we had... What, three Sonic games? Three exclusive Sonic games on top of the Mario and Sonics. We had an exclusive House of the Dead game. We had... uh, Mad World. Man. Yeah, Platinum Games stuff. So it's like, yeah, they they really went all in. They also had um, light gun compilations. Oh, yes. Um, And they're rare, too, now. And then the the Marvel stuff, too. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of amazing. Nowadays... You know, you see a new Sega game announced, and you pretty much go, oh, I'll get it on Xbox. Correct. You know, and you don't... <laughs> but, like, back in the day, well, the day, like, ten years ago, it was like, 
you really had uh, a lot of exclusives to pick from. It's it's kind of crazy. Like nowadays, I buy multiples of a game just because I'm like, well, if I'm at home, I want to play Sonic Frontiers 60 frames per second. But if I'm on the go, I want to play it in the car. Um, yeah. So <laughs> while you're driving, maybe, I mean, I'm I'm in, I'm really interested in he- seeing Sega's financials if they were like. Hey, people are double dipping, you know. Yeah, I don't know. And um, yeah, I do remember this era. And um, I was going to say we got a new Patreon uh, supporter, uh, Grand Tactician. Tactician. Uh, He supported for ten dollars a month. Thanks for that. We always appreciate new supporters, and you guys should check us out at Patreon.com/slash Sega Bits. But let's get into our memories of Tournament of Legends, which are kind of short. Uh, let's start with you. Do you remember this game being marketed or anything? It was during 2010 when it was kind of the start of Sega Bits. So we didn't do a big cover on it, but it right. was coming out during the time when we were into Sega news, at least. Yeah, I, I don't recall too much of this one. I wasn't following Wii News. Um, so much and and games like this you see the cover art I mean we'll look at it in, yeah. a, in a bit Yeah. but you just kind of go eh and I mean the Marvel stuff was a disappointment at that time and there was a bit of an, a little bit of animosity between Sega fans and like Sega social media team where they were like hey look we are working on our own first party or not first party but like we're publishing games in America isn't this exciting and we're like Hey, where are all those cool Japanese games we're seeing videos of? Like, you're not releasing them over here, so. And I, yeah. I also think that Sega was releasing better games during this time. Like, this year, I think they had a Super Monkey Ball game. I mean, it wasn't the greatest Super mm. Monkey Ball game, but it was still Super Monkey Ball. I think Sonic Colors was coming out. There was also that uh, Sonic and All- Sega All-Stars Racing, I think, came out right. during this time. I mean, the Wii version isn't that great, but there was a lot of Sega content in 2010 that if you were a big Sega fan, you weren't going like, all right, I won't get Sonic Colors, I'll get Tournament of Legends on the Wii. No. Like, you. Th- this had to be like, if you're a Sega fan in 2010, this had to be like on your list, like way down on the list of Sega games to pick up. Right, that's a great point because, I mean... You know, financially speaking, like if you're going to get the big Sega Racer and you're going to get the big Sonic game, are you really going to also shell out for this? Like, to be, and you know, we'll we'll tear into it a little right, later, right. maybe praise it. But like, if you look at this and you see there's other offerings, you're going to go with the other offerings unless you, like um, Bobbert was, like you are supporting the developer or the publisher. Mm. And most people don't buy games based on support; they buy games based on if it's good or not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I commend him for that, and I I personally I have bought every Sega game released on a platform that I own since last ten years, I guess, except for Two Point Hospital. I actually didn't buy that yet. Oh so. really? It's yeah, actually pretty good. I actually got it for free on Amazon, and I've been playing it. And mm-hmm. it's if you like those type of games, it has a lot of fun, a lot of humor. It's actually worth right. uh, checking out when it's cheap. I'm actually surprised. I thought I was going to hate it when it came out. So, mm. Oh, yeah. And I mean, no slight on it, but I just like I just like to pick up every game just to have an opinion on it and everything. But that one, it just kind of like... I saw it boxed for, what was it, like PS4 or something, and I just passed it by. So let's check it on Amazon. While you're talking, I'll just buy it. And I'll go through my memories. I remember Sega announcing it. I remember the game coming out. I remember the game being linked to High Voltage Studio, which at the time was pretty big on Wii, and they had a lot of hype behind the studio. I think that was like their most popular moments. Um, The game itself, though, I think some of the character designs are pretty cool. I played it more recently. I actually beat most of the Champions story just for this podcast. Um, I will say that uh, the character designs, the graphics, uh, the presentation's cool, but it really falls apart when it comes to gameplay, which I think is super, super important for fighting games. So so what were you going to say, Barry? I see you already got the listings. Nothing? Okay. I think I'm just looking. It's, it's 20 oh. bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. 20 bucks. Not that bad. That's not bad. I th- you thought it was going to get rare? You don't know now with uh, COVID? Like, post-COVID, Mm-mm. you're like, what? This game is... 
Dude, Shinobi on the 3DS that used to be like two bucks everywhere is now like 80 bucks or 60 bucks or something. I got that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Remember they used to try to give it away and nobody wanted it and now it's uh, sought after. Wow, wow. There you go. So let's talk about some of the development of Tournament of Legends. Tournament of Legend was high voltage software's follow-up to The Conduit. They wanted to make a switch from a FPS game to a fighting game. They decided to make a Roman-type gladiator game, which we talked about in the beginning of the memories here. Uh, and it was supposed to sport the brand new update to their Quantum 3 engine. And if you want to hear more about the Quantum 3 engine and High Voltage Studios graphics, check out The Conduit on Sega Talk episode number 91. Uh, a early version of the game was showing off at E3 2009, along with uh, an unreleased horror-themed shooter called The Grinder. Back uh, back then, the game was called Gladiator H, uh, AD, After Death. Uh, so let's take a peek at some of the gameplay that we have. Uh, we got a, a video here of the gameplay, um, and you'll see right away that this game is a lot different than what we got. I'll skip to some of the gameplay, but I'll, if you look at the main menu here, they got some stuff. They have the story mode, uh, options, character viewer, which I don't think we even got a character viewer in the actual game, so it's weird. Character select and level select, pretty basic. It has this Roman Greek like painting theme. So, And then when you look at the characters, they're kind of based on what weapons they use. So instead of being like gods from different regions here, it would be like shield, right? And the sword or dual daggers, spike club, you know? And that's based, there's like no character names. Oh yeah, there are in the bottom right here. But most of the yeah, characters yeah. are based on their weapons of choice, which is a kind of a change from what the game actually became, which is based on their god power and what, what gods they are. Um, so yeah, and uh, if you look here, you play in Greek Roman arenas. Um, I'll go to the gameplay. The game has a very 300 look. We talked about it last time when we talked about the game. It has that filter that's supposed to be like 300. Um, it even has violence like it, obviously very much influenced a couple of years removed from the movie that came out. And it also reminds mm -hmm. me kind of of that mo that um, game. I don't know if you ever played it, Deadliest Warrior. It was like a uh, reality show, and then they made like a PlayStation 3 game. Oh, cool. You ever play that game? No, I haven't. <laughs> my, my friends used to be all into it because it was like an easy pick up and play, and then like it's like first touch death, basically. So you'll be playing like a samurai. So the whole time you'd be, you'd be trying to like dodge people and like, Whoever gets the first hit basically wins the game. It's basically it's basically a footsies game. It's actually pretty fun. But yeah, this kind of reminds me of what they were trying to go for, but in a third person. The other one's like kind of like 2D plane. This one is uh, has a unique perspective. And this perspective started since the beginning of the game where they try to make it more behind you. Kind of like uh, Punch-Out, I guess you would say. Uh, perspective. Mm. So I would say that's pretty unique in fighting games. So this is the first time we ever seen Tournament of Legends. Uh, what's your overall thoughts of the, uh, this aesthetic and this look and this idea behind it? Um, I mean, I, I think it it's all right, but it kind of resembles um, Soul Calibur to me, and Soul Calibur is just like a better game in general. Um, I don't really, I, I do definitely see the 300 vibes. Right. with the uh, washed-out sepia tone. Um, and, yeah, I just... I think it looks fine, but not great. I And I, I think the violence is overplayed by people. Like, when you look at this, there isn't much, if any, violence. It's just blood splatter on the screen. Right. It's, um, people made it seem like it was Mortal Kombat, right? Right. And also, the, the title, um, AD, I know people say after death, but... The original meaning, do you know what it is? Uh, I, I don't remember. It's a Latin phrase. Right. It's Anno Domine, which means the year of our Lord. So Gladiator. let us all bow our heads in prayer. No. 
It's funny that like it, I mean I, well I was gonna tell you like you know the question next is gonna be what title you like better, Gladiator AD or Tournament of Legends? In, Tournament of Legends is kind of like a generic title to be honest. It could be anything. Right. Sounds so, like a mobile game. Right, exactly. It sounds like a mobile game. Yeah. So, which title would you prefer from these two? I would... I, I like Gladiator AD, but I think if you put the Latin in it, it would be a little more unique. Like, Gladiator Anno Domine, then you'd be like, ooh, this game looks a little sophisticated, too. Like, it's a fighter, but it's got Latin. I don't know, like... It seems like nowadays we get Japanese games and they don't translate the words sometimes. You're mm. like, ooh, it's got a little bit of a, a little like unique flavor to it when they throw in another language. Um, alternatively, they could call it <laughs> Gladiator in the Year of Our Lord. Ooh, that would have been great. <laughs> Isn't it funny that it actually means the Year of Our Lord and then they be- it became a god game like where each person is a go- fighter is a god? It was almost yeah, foretold right? in the title, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I would assume that the developer in mind had AD as after death, kind of like a Mortal Kombat kind of phrase or whatever, trying to be trying to be edgy. Um, but uh, I, I would go with Gladiator AD if, I don't know, it just needs a totally new title because the game is technically a... Uh, a god game, right? So Gladiator AD would not make any sense for it, but Tournament of Legends doesn't either. So maybe call it something like, I don't know, Tournament of Gods would have probably made more sense, or Legends. Sounds too much like League of Legends, which is a mobile game, as we just talked about. But yeah. Right, right. So let's look at the game cover. Uh, We have the very super generic Ubisoft strong dude with hot abs or whatever is walking on you with a bunch of shadows in the background which looks right. exactly like a ubisoft game for honor which came out later but let's be honest every ubisoft game uses this idea of a cover right the whole idea of the guy walking up to you um which i think the first game that started this trend was uh i want to say modern warfare but it was like walking behind you and then everyone's like that game sold. We all have to have the same cover. What was your opinion on the on this trend for video game covers? The uh, man standing in front and looking at the at the buyer. I mean, <laughs> it looks samey, you know. Right. Like, do you? I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> it's making me laugh. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh. I don't know what they're thinking because you like you go to the bookshelves or the the shelves at the store, and you're like, all the games blend together at some point. Like, there's only so many times you can copy the cover art of a successful game. So, I mean, I'm glad they didn't go with it. I think it looks pretty crummy, actually. Right. Like, ah, no. thumbs down. Yeah, and then it has that weird like. I would hate. I would not buy this game because a. Not a big fan of the cover. Also, the brown in the background, just like fading the uh, the legends or whatever in the in the background to like nothing, doesn't really speak out to me really that much. Um, like the for, for honor one, the gimmick here is that they're different cultures in the front cover, and you can see it by just looking at it. It's a Viking knight and a samurai, and that works out for them, but not not the one they were doing. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, During the development, High Voltage actually didn't have a publisher. They were doing this by themselves, trying to find a publisher. And they ended up announcing in February 2010 that Sega would publish the game, which led to the developer changing the game from being supposedly a brutal, bloody affair to more of a game featuring mythological figures mostly gods they say they're gods but most of them i've never even heard of gods it's like they kind of didn't want to actually show gods it's like is medusa really a god i don't know not to me i don't think Mm. so she's like a monster right in like greek mythology she used to be a goddess but she's not no she used to be a beautiful priestess Mm. but she is not a goddess nope Sorry. She's, like, cursed. Yeah. And um, 
So what do you? So they supposedly changed it because they thought Sega's. Uh, I don't know Sonic. I guess they have Sonic. It's funny because we talked about this last time. Sega literally marketed their brand, their games as vi- ultra violent with House of the Dead uh, Overkill. And uh, even the conduit was marketed that way, even though it wasn't really that violent. Um, we also had Mad World. But they decided in 2010, oh yeah, we got to rechange the game. I th- Personally, I think they use Sega as a, we did it because of Sega, but I feel like Maybe Sega didn't find the game interesting and told them maybe you should make more iconic characters, and that's what right. changed it. But uh, I don't know if you played this game. But uh, wait, uh, uh, wait, no, wait. I'm way up top in my questions. So, do you think censoring violent 300 type gladiator game was because of Sega, or do you think it was just because they wanted to do it themselves? I. I, I think this probably was that high voltage making changes before pitching the game because they thought Sega had more of an arcadey, family friendly aesthetic and they probably didn't think that Sega would want to group them in with like Mad World and House of the Dead Overkill, but I think it was a misstep. Like even though I I don't think the three hundred type game would have like sold like hotcakes, I think it would have fit slotted in very well with like that adult themed um sort of games they're doing wasn't there like a box set in the uk of all the adult themed games remember that they like combined mad world and uh what else was it it was mad world and i think house of the dead overkill was like in a two-pack right or something and they did a bunch of marketing together with those two games i remember remember they did like i forgot what they said was it where they sent was it that game or was it the con- or uh, condemned where they sent like an actual weapon to some reviewers and then they were like it got, <laughs> it got like it, it got like uh, news articles written about it and I think they did some other thing where they put hands in public they did like the public stunts back then the, yeah, in the yeah, 2010s yeah they, did. yeah they don't do that that much anymore which is I, I actually think it's cool marketing gimmick. Um, Oh yeah, I also wanted to ask you, what do you think about High Voltage Studios? Like they were a kind of gimmicky like shovelware company and somehow they marketed themselves during the Wii era to be like the, a high quality top tier Wii developer and they actually had right. a fan base and like when the Wii left and like was no more like their hype, their fans their marketing all died. Like, they, like, where, what are they doing today? I bet you most people that are listening to this podcast are like, I, I have no idea what High Voltage is doing right now because their <laughs> brand name kind of died. Or am I crazy? I mean, they've. I thought they've expanded greatly. I was driving the other day, and we went by this um, this like place with all these like this wire fencing, and it said High Voltage. Ah. On a sign, dad joke. I they must it. have. They must. <laughs> They're everywhere. They. I mean, they. They must be everywhere now, right? They maybe franchised. So I'm gonna actually go in there tomorrow. I'm gonna sneak in see if I can see what games they're making uh, inside that little secret area. There's like these weird like metal things. Maybe I'll touch them. Maybe I think so. Uh, I was looking down here and they're like making <laughs> ports for other ga- other game studios like uh, Mutant Ear Zero Road to Eden, which is. Looks like oh, okay. looks like a cool game. They also did Fortnite Save the World, which I, I'm assuming Ooh. is like a season pass for Fortnite. <gasps> Whoa, Fortnite! Yeah, it's a uh, third person shooter tower defense survival. We know what Fortnite is. It's a right. it's a lit game full of gods. Um, talking about gods or at least developers. Carrie Gonos Gonoskai, I don't even know how to say this guy's name, who developed Tournament of Legends. Ganofsky. How do you say it? Ganofsky, maybe? No, that's right. That sounds about right. Um, He said that life started on the project, and I quote, started when we were deciding what our next original project would be after the conduit we evaluated the market for potential opportunities and weighted it that against our manpower and interest we found that there are were very few unique fighting games coming to the wii and we've got a wide range of developers with a true passion for the genre in-house 
So we decided to create our own. Uh, and we, this is actually true. Like there is not that many fighting games on the Wii. And do you think it has to do with the motion controls? Like we got Super Smash Brothers Brawl. We got uh, Tessanoka versus Capcom, and maybe like I think we had a Castlevania fighting game that nobody played. So it's like we're talking about like less than five. Like I, I have a feeling that I even, right. e- even if we talk to like hardcore we fans and we're like name five good fighting games on the Wii, they wouldn't be able to uh, name them. But if I asked you, right, name five good fighting games on the Dreamcast, would you be able to do that? Yes, Power Stone, Power Stone Two. Capcom versus SNK. I'll, I'll count both of those. Um, we've got Rival Schools. I mean, that's five right there. But then we have Virtua Fighter, 3TB, Dead or Alive 2. Um, uh, you know, Soul like Calibur? I could keep going. So Soul Calibur. Ready to Rumble yeah, Boxing 2? Come on, man. Ready to Rumble. Yeah, ready both to of rumble. those are really good. Um, yeah, it's insane how many there are. Right. And the Wii, do you think it has to do with its like... Uh, like motion gimmick that most people were like mm. I think so I th- I think for a long time on the Wii it was like if you're going to make a fighting game it needs to have real punch controls and I think over time they were like oh y- there are a lot of people who just want to play with a game pad and that's actually around this time because I remember when um, Sonic Colors was coming out people were like fully expecting it to be traditional controller and it, it really was um, right, which is kind of shocking, because right. Sonic Colors could have gone in a very different direction. But I think after uh, the storybook games, I think Sega realized that people just kind of want a controller in their hands, you know. And that was interesting, so. right? That Sega actually made a Wii exclusive Sonic game that could have been played in any platform, technically. Like you don't really need... technically, yeah, yeah. And they made it exclusive. That was yeah. that was weird. Yeah, and I, I think I, I noted, too, on Twitter how crazy that was. That, like, Sonic Frontiers is the first mainline Sonic game to be um, uh, on Xbox and PlayStation consoles as well since, I think, Sonic Heroes, right? Right. Sonic Heroes was the last game because after that it was either uh, downgraded ports like Unleashed or it was... Um, Exclusives like Lost World or Colors. So, yeah, it's... And I think it has to do with gimmicks. I think the Wii, even the Wii U, and um, I think finally with the Switch, the only thing really is is downgrading the graphics. I mean, what what is Frontiers? It's like 30 frames per second. Yeah. Like 720p, which is kind of a shame, but like... I mean, what are you going to do about it? Like, they want right. to make money. Switch is not having a Switch right. 2. I wish they would just man up and release another switch that allowed you to like a computer right you buy a new computer and you run your old games faster right. what's wrong with that like and just continue calling them switch there's no reason to call it a switch 2 or anything just i guess just for the hardware but the game should all be the same i think right well technically this is a wii u game as well then right because you can play tournament of legends on wii, on the wii, wii u. u right so yeah. so right 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 so uh <laughs> Let's uh, let's say you're a, a child. You're back. You're a child. <laughs> what? Twelve years ago. You're a young adult. Let's say you're a child. Let's just pretend yeah. though that you're a child for no reason, and you were. Your mom gave you your uh, fifty bucks. She's like, "Go ahead, go ahead, little Barry. It's 2010. Go buy yourself one game." And then you see this baby on the store shelves. This, this got this beautiful cover. It has a skull dude, Medusa chick showing yeah, off her man. abs and then this dude with like a like really deformed abs that's really angry and cross-eyed was right. is this the game you'll spend your 50 bucks on no yeah that's a, what's your <laughs> what's your opinion on this cover art i think the lead character is really boring and kind of ugly i think the more interesting characters are in the background yep and i've said before the title it reeks of like a mobile game it just it just does oh definitely it reminds and like me, like you'll see i like mobile games i like mobile games i was playing mobile games at this time but like if i saw i usually would see games like this on my iphone 
or my iPod Touch, and they'd be four ninety nine. Now, so when I see something like this, I'm like, no, I'm good. You know? yeah, yeah, I think the name and the cover, maybe not even the, not the cover art itself. The cover art itself, it's cheap. It's not mobile game like sort, but the name definitely is mobile. And having those two things together just equals cheap. So to me, just by looking I don't at the know. cover. It, I could see the art being a mobile game too because you see that super high. Like, so a friend of mine who I went to, to um, what was college that? What with. What was that company you, you, you mentioned? Gameloft? They made these kind of games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the first time we recorded this, I talked quite a bit about Gameloft. And um, Gameloft did a lot of actually pretty high quality... Um, mobile games for like um, smartphones at the time and they would always charge like four ninety nine, but it was like a pretty solid experience I bought quite a few of their games actually and if this was a game loft game I'd jump at it on a phone not on a Wii console and, and when I look at this it just doesn't work for me but the art it kind of reminds me of and I was going to say a, a friend of mine who I went to school with he actually does um, like art for mobile games sometimes and he does like the painterly like super fancy sort of art but it like that woman in the background doesn't it look like one of those like games now where it's like some weird like oh touch based rpg you know right and like she'd be animated but just a little bit like her arms would kind of like wiggle oh i know you exactly know and like the wings about. would move just a little bit right right yeah yeah so like that fake well like Sega Heroes when Sega Heroes the mobile game was out they would do that with the animation the characters would be like 2D but they'd be like this right they go I, I would have loved for that game to have like uh, <laughs> magic type art like like paintings for every like that move because the art on that one was yeah. like vector art which is fine and it worked yeah but yeah. it didn't work for every character and so. Sega Heroes. It's funny that we're that we're going to be talking. This is now a Sega Heroes podcast, so let's talk about the first time we. Came- no, um, so yeah, probably would not pick it up based on the cover. I think the game looks a lot better than the cover uh, portrays it to be. So yeah, so I would say one of the positives about this game are the character designs. They're usually pretty interesting, mm. and they have a, a good premise behind them. There's also a pretty decent story behind. Uh, most of the characters, it's kind of, I, I wouldn't say it's as steep as Mortal Kombat, but I would say is it reminds me of kind of like a Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. So let's talk about, uh, so we got Aki, Akai and Jaro. So this demon thing in the back, right, that is on top of him, right. kills him, Aki, every time he loses a battle. And I guess he has like, the, this immense power within him and he wants the demon wants him to give him the power I don't know and then he, he he does in the end but then he finds out that he's the one with the power so he overthrows him I think that's what the story was I don't really remember this guy's story but good it's something like that but bass I have no idea I didn't play as her she's a uh, she's a uh, Egyptian sun goddess she's kind of like the furry character that's about the only thing I gather from her uh, what's your opinion on her uh, design um it's kind of weird you, you, but it works for me I guess you, you I don't, don't know you don't wear crop tops like this and denim uh, no. denim skirts that's pretty godly right <laughs> I guess good for her uh, brave hoof a minotaur he was a monster made to kill I actually did play this guy's story he was a monster made to kill. And he came right. out and he's like, man, these humans, they're making a bunch of settlements and stuff. It's really effing up nature. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to beat them all up and take and destroy everything, right? So they can come back to nature. So he kind of forces, by beating death or whatever and beating this tournament, he forces humanity back to, the, to nature. But what happens is that uh, humans don't change their ways and decide to literally... Just basically do the same thing they were doing, building buildings and stuff, but at a rapid pace, so he kind of screwed himself. Um, Jupiter, this stone god. So the stone golem is actually just the statue who thinks he's Jupiter the god, and he thinks that somebody put him here and they erased his memories. So he's trying to get his memories back, and he thinks he has to kill the god of death to get his memories back because he really thinks 
he's Jupiter the god, but he's just a statue. Um, hmm. Kara, Kara, the 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 Valkyrie. She, her story's pretty generic. She's she, she sees all these people fighting. She gets she wants to get in on it. So yeah, she's just a Valkyrie, sexy look, you know, with the boob window that you like that a lot of superhero girls get. I'm assuming it right. gives them more like defense or something. <laughs> I don't know why they design them like that. It's easy to stab right Why, there. Well, so. you're going to be mesmerized, and then she'll stab you first. I think that's the idea. Mm. And you can tell this game is designed by males because no woman goes, oh, yes, when I put on my uh, bra, I know that I'm going to be uh, fighting. Out. If I had a fight with my bra right. on, it would be over, basically. Marcus, right, right. Marcus is actually the lead character, and he's a, uh, a person that actually comes from Gladiator AD. His story is that he um what was oh he wants to be the best ever to fight so he's kind of like the ryu story only that he's a dirty fighter he'll do anything it takes to win the fight he and he wants to kill death so no one could die and they'll remember him forever he would be like a legendary fighter so he kills death and he gets all he wants everyone remembers who he is but since there is no death, people just continue growing old and old and suffering. So they remember Marcus as the guy that cursed them to be living a life of suffering forever and ever. So yes, people nice. remembered him as a bad person. So I thought that was probably the most interesting little like uh, Tales from the Crypt twist in the end was Marcus's story. And as you could tell, they put him number one in the character select. He's on the cover and he's the first uh, probably designed character for the game since he was in Gladiator AD. He's pretty generic right. looking though, so just looks like a Roman soldier. That's it. He likes dinner though. Dinner time. Oh, I love dinner, dude. Oh, my favorite character, dude. Dinner time. Anyway, uh, the Medusa character. She just wants to be hot. That's literally her story. I'm not even lying. And then we we agreed last time the Bronze Man uh, is the best character. And his his oh, yeah. character is kind of a Mega Man story, so a scientist makes him because he's living during the time of magic. So he's like, "Oh, my inventions are better than magic." So he makes this Bronze Man to fight for him in the tournament, and the guy literally looks like Doctor Wily from uh, Mega Man. So, yeah, and he's in a little wheelchair, kind of like Doctor Finkelstein right. in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Right, right. So that's this guy's story. Yeah. Um, then we have two secret characters, the skeleton man called v- Valska. Uh, he's a cool design. Um, and then we have the crow man who is actually death, I would assume, or what people here fight as death. And his name is cool. T- Tanathos. Tanathos? Uh, so yeah. out of these characters, and we were just playing just randoms, uh, what character would you be drawn to play as? I would probably play the Skeleton Man. I will have to go with the Stone Golem because I like the idea that he thinks he's a god. He's like, oh, somebody gave me life, but I'm a statue of Jupiter. That makes me Jupiter. I like that idea that he just... That's like Metal Sonic. Pretty much. Wait, does he really think that... Does Metal Sonic really think he's the real Sonic? He thinks he... I think so. I think he thinks he's going to be taking Sonic's place. Mm. Like as the fastest, and and Sonic's like ah, but I in Sonic will like throw something in his face, like this is one thing that you will never be, and like he'll be like I can eat chili dogs. Oh, so maybe Jupiter is like Jupiter's like I can't eat chili dogs. I don't know. I, maybe or like you can't even go in the ocean, and he's like oh no, I didn't think of that. Damn, he could sink. Yeah, Damn. poor guy. I didn't think of that. For some reason, this uh, dumb web browser <laughs> keeps on giving me like other games, even though I paused and put an actual like URL. So we're gonna look at the gameplay. But for some reason, they changed my URL for this. Why? Uh-oh. You tell me, dude. You tell me. So I could. Uh, can I refresh it? All right. Yes. So uh, John Good God Games. Uh, is doing the uh, the gameplay for this game. 
So I'll say he's running it on Dolphin at a uh, higher rate. Oh, no, this is a totally different game. Yeah. But uh, let me put it on. So so I, I will talk a little bit about the gameplay here. Uh, the gameplay in this game is not your traditional fighting game, which is usually... What do you usually think of as a fighting game? Like uh, 2D, right? Like Street Fighter is probably it. Yeah, yeah, like joystick and, you know, four to six buttons. Mm. So this game is more like a like a third person, I would say kind of like Zelda, Dark Souls type wannabe, like, uh, perspective. Um, you use the game... Well, I mean, since we're talking about the Wii, right? Let's talk about the motion controls. Even though you could technically fl oh, play no. the game without motion controls... Um, the game right. does revolve using motion controls and nunchucks. Uh, a lot of the game's uh, fighting and actual attacks are done horizontal or vertical with the Wii mode or the nunchucks. And there are also some QTEs to stop hazards. Uh, but, but the buttons on the actual control let you uh, dodge, block, charge, and use special attacks. I feel like the developer was trying to change attacks and then putting everything else on buttons to try to make it simplify it for the people at home. Like, if you're a new player, you, it's kind of easy to grasp. Um, what are your thoughts on the developer using this motion control for attacks and using buttons for charging or blocking or dodging and uh, avoiding hazards, I guess? I mean, I guess it works. They had to. They had to put motion controls in this game, right? You have so to. So I, I think they did the best they could. At least the game's not like one of those ones where you're like, it's like a VR sort of experience where it's like I know I actually bought it and I haven't played it yet. But there's a Star Wars: The Clone Wars like lightsaber battles Wii game that I picked up, and it's like it does that, you know, and I. I don't know how well it works. I'm sure it doesn't work that well at all. But I, I could see this game going south pretty quickly if they like went that direction. So good on them for, I guess, doing what they did. But I, I, I would stick to, you know, regular controls. Same here. And uh, one thing I do like about the game is that they have this like uh, marker in front of you, like uh, on your character. It shows you the range of your attacks. That way you could, by a glance, look at how uh, far you're allowed to uh, fight. And I got a commercial on my... Can you believe it, dude? Wow. Right. Commercials are even better. <laughs> Did you hear this that? This is like Inception. Right. It's a commercial within... I was going to say, um, what do you... Okay, first of all, I heard YouTube is going to have more ads, so we might not even play them on YouTube. I might just download them in the future if they're going to get that bad. But... Uh, Mm. Yeah, they have a little like stripe in front of you that shows you the range of your attacks, so you kind of know where you could stand and where you're in danger. I think that's cool. Little things yeah. like that that most other games didn't think of, I would assume. That's cool, but uh, I agree with you. I like more uh, fighting games need fast reaction. Like, there's even people that won't play Street Fighter V on the PS4 because there's like four milliseconds of lag between the controller wirelessly than it is on the PC. So there's some people that refuse to do that. Like, yeah. what's your opinion on that? Like, can you imagine trying to play a Wii uh, waggle <laughs> game professionally where, the, like, people are like, I will not even play Street Fighter V on PS4 because it's too right. laggy. I, I get where those people are coming from, but that's an aspect of gaming I just try not to overthink. Like, I, I picked up the um, vertical Astro City Mini, and the first thing people ask me, how's the lag? I saw videos, and I, I like, tried it, and I'm like, it's a, it's fine. The games are playable. The thing's a, t a toy. This is not going to go into a tournament, or you're not going to, like, break world records on this. Like, it's, you know, it works. It's fine. <laughs> what do you want me to say? They, um, they want you to yeah. trash it. I guess so, but how are you nope, enjoying? I that? refuse to. It's cool. I've got it sitting right next to me here. It looks exactly like the other one. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it, they look cool next to each other. It makes me feel like I'm in a little arcade. Nice for yeah. ants. Um, yeah. So, Tournament of Legends came under fire during the press tour because the game did not support the Wii Motion Plus 
which came out a year prior to this game. Uh, according to the developers, they were already too far into development to start to, the implementation of it, and had to, and but they don't worry about it, guys. They actually had to work around the issues. To me, it sounds like a PR answer. And what do you think about this? Like, like Nintendo releases a literal add-on for the motion for the motion problem. And these guys go on a tour and they're like, yeah, we don't actually need this uh, add-on because we figured it out ourselves through software. And it's like, you think if, Ninten if Nintendo could have just fixed it through an update that they would not release an add-on for the controller? Like, what do you think about that? Right. Do you think that's BS? I mean, I, I always, I checked and I don't own the Motion Plus, nor do I really own any games that use it or require it. But it's... It's not a gimmick, but it's it's definitely going into the territory of like kind of useless upgrades. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the um, what 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 is that that pack that went into the N sixty four? Like I get why they needed to do it, but it's just such like a unexciting accessory to buy. You know, it's not like the uh, Sega Dreamcast like Ethernet upgrade. And you're like, oh, I've got faster internet speeds. Instead, it's like, oh, it, it makes it better. Like you snap it onto the bottom of your Wiimote. Like, I do think I do think that uh, some of the uh, other Wiimotes actually have it built in to the thing, yeah. so it looks like a normal yeah. controller. I'm not 100 percent sure on that one, but uh, maybe you do have it and you don't know it, and you're enjoying it without even <laughs> knowing it. But I, maybe, I, maybe um, the game, even though the, I think the Conduit One did have online mode. But this game does not have online mode, but it does have a split screen mode. So you could still technically play two players if you wanted to. And you, if you have one friend that's also a, a Tournament of Legends fanboy, uh, which impossible. I don't impossible to find. Yeah, I was going to say, whew, if you find one, another person, let me know. But anyway, uh, do you think be, uh, having an online mode would have improved the sales for this title, or do you think the Wii is just one of those consoles that not that many people played online or even cared? I, I don't think it's one of those consoles people played online all that much, so they're not missing out. Um, I, I know at the time it was one of those things where people would like trash a game if it didn't have it, and then when they buy the game they wouldn't have played it anyway. Mm. Like um, I remember when local multiplayer modes were like a must in the like early 2010s and 2000s they were like oh this game doesn't have local multiplayer and it's like well it's a single player platformer yeah they really should have put in an, a local multiplayer mode though yeah, it really brings it down and it's like when were you gonna play this <laughs> you know with like friends never come on well so. i mean that i mean no but it's nice to want things right <laughs> it is nice to want things. Right. People love wanting things. I, I yeah. that's me. You just you just mentioned me to a T right there. I want things, <laughs> but um, no, I agree. I don't think it would have done it. I I don't even remember myself playing any Wii game online. Did you ever play, get addicted to playing a Wii game online? Never. Like ever. You ever like everybody I've ever always heard it was like. Oh, I love playing. Uh, let's say uh, we we was it we sports or whatever. But it was never like mm. like I, I never heard them. I play I played uh, online. Like, does that game even have online? No, right? I don't think so. No. So it was one of those things. So I don't know. I don't think it would have helped. But yeah. So let's talk about the legacy of this game. Does this game even have Ooh. a legacy, Barry? It does now. Right. We're going to make a legacy for it, right? Right. So, what do you think this game's legacy would have been? Like, if you have to uh, talk about it right now, not having much? It's, it's a game that existed. Some people liked it. No one really talks about it anymore. And it was just okay. Mm. It didn't anger people, but it didn't excite people. And do you think the game got good reviews? I'm. I haven't peaked yet. I'm gonna say this was a six or seven out of ten game. You're right. It it actually yes. no, you were wrong. It actually did oh. pretty bad. 
Um, and I'm not really that surprised. I think at this point, a lot of people expected a lot from uh, high voltage software. And I don't know if they kind of delivered on that. So according to OneUp, um, okay, so it got a 45% Metacritic, which I would say is really low. I would say that's even lower yeah. than most of the bad Sonic titles. I'm sure if I look up Sonic. Well, that's what Sonic, yeah, Sonic Frontiers is going to be 45%. You think so? Metacritic? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So many people are excited for that. I'm like, oh, please don't screw up. Okay, so. I am. It literally got the same Metacritic percentage as a fabled Sonic 06. Lower. Ooh. Lower. One point lower. Ouch. One point lower. And uh, but the audience score got a mixed seven point two, which I consider that to be way nicer. Yeah. So it's a divisive game in a way. And uh, One Up wrote the strengths of the game's characters doesn't lead to a positive or memorable gaming experience. Uh, Ouch. Game Game Style said if the game had continued to be developed as Gladiator AD, it might not have sold. But at least that seemed like the pro a project the developers would have been proud of. This game absolutely reeks of rush development cycle after the change in tone in pursuit of sales. Uh, do you think the changes actually helped the game? Um, I, I don't think... I mean, I think... Like I said, like I, I think people are overhyping how violent Gladiator AD was. It did not look violent at all. And like what? Like oh, I would have been so proud to make a three hundred ripoff. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. Like let stop building it up. Also, I don't know. It, it feels like I feel like the legacy of this game is people misremembering like what this game was going to be. Mm. Like if either this game was a forgettable fighter with like like low tier quote-unquote gods mm. or if it, or it was going to be a, a gladiator ripoff with very little if any like violence so you know take your pick either one's kind of forgettable but at least i think tournament of legends is a little more unique you know you didn't see the stone golem you didn't see like mechanical man with like his wheelchair cr creator like right. rolling around like I don't know. That's more interesting to me than Gladiator AD. So yeah, and the the only way I would have seen Gladiator Gladiator AD is like maybe having like interesting stories of how these people became uh, gladiators and like actually have like a story mode in play. Like all these people are saying that like this game was rushed because they changed the tone of the game. Also, I don't right. know. They don't really know that much about development and like. It, right. Like High Voltage Studio has been known to do fast, quick games. Like even the Conduit when it came out, people were like, "Yeah, it was rushed." But look at all the stuff they did, and they've always been rushing games. That's not a new thing for them. So that's why I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe I disagree. I do think that the God characters in this game are a lot better. Uh, the developer also teased that they were going to port the game to PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Ooh. Do you think that would have helped the game's legacy, or do you think it was already too done, nah. and, done and out? I don't think it would have helped it. Like, what? Like, it would have been a... a it would have looked... I mean... It would have looked worse. Think of it this way. Like, well, remember on the Dreamcast when there would be games coming out and you'd have to go... All right, wait. Let me let me cross check this. Was this a PlayStation game? Oh yeah. Was this a Nintendo sixty four game? Because I remember when uh, Dreamcast magazine would review them, they'd like denote that it was a port, and you're like, oh, that's why it looks crummy. Like they were like, if only they made like uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer from the ground up on the Dreamcast, it would look awesome. But instead, everyone's blocky, right? You know, and like. It's just that's where I think this would have like fallen. Like you'd see it and you go, "Oh man, it's a Wii port." And are there that many Wii ports to the 360 and PS3? Not that I can think of. Not really. And even if they are, it's like you're talking about the consoles they already have top tier fighting games like Street Fighter Four. Um, what was it? Soul Calibur. I don't know what they were on three, four, or whatever. Right. Uh, they had a Tekken tag team. They had uh, it just had everything. Tekken five, Tekken six. To be like, oh, Tournament of Legends. Finally, I could play a good fighting game. It it didn't have online play, so would you launch that on the Xbox three hundred and sixty? So, 
there's a lot of I think this game couldn't survive or get a fan base on a console that had no fighting games. Uh, it's going to be hard to uh, right. try to do I, it. I don't think I don't think many, if any, Wii games were ported to the 360. I think they actually would develop two games side by side, like Sonic Unleashed, Ghostbusters, the video game. Um, I mean, oftentimes they'll have two different studios make the same game twice. Um, what was it? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings on the Wii also has a PSP port, which is actually not a port. It's a completely different game, but tells the same story. And some people claim it's actually a better game than the Wii version. So, um, oh. yeah, I don't. they would have had to remake this, basically, and I don't think they have it in them. Right. I think they were probably blown smoke. I can't imagine that. Right, and... I mean, and I don't think it would have been successful. Uh, I don't think Sega would have funded no. it. So I think sometimes you give it a try. It works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like, they would probably they would probably get more sales if they just made the Conduit 3, to be honest with you, than to mess around with this stuff, right? Right. And um, right. so that's all I have for the notes uh, on this episode. Um, I have... I have one last thing we could look at. It's actually the grinder, the never released. Uh, we, the grinder, right? The grind. Yeah, exactly. How was it? I didn't see that. The grind. Put them through the grinder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a uh, FPS horror game featuring. Last time we saw it, it was vampires. That I'll skip to the. Oh, that, don't spoil it! Okay. I've never seen this. Okay, let's. I'll start in the actual gameplay after the menu in the desert. It kind of has gives me a look that looks kind of like uh, thirteen in a way, even though that's like cell shaded. But it has that weird like desert look. You play as Lemmy from Motorhead, as you can see in the bottom left hand corner. Yeah, and uh, very empty levels, I would say. Uh, obviously, very early on choppy too as you can tell but then you will see yeah. the bad guys in a little bit right here and in this house they right look here, like you... golden eye golden eye levels where it's just like a house in like an area right. an empty it's like, area it's like a weird western movie set that they haven't done. oh but yeah, the, yeah. Va- so the, you you kill vampire bat man bats literally which i think Gives the whole vampire stuff a, a, a fresh take. And I'm pretty sure there was a movie that used vampires like this during this time or during the 2000s. I think it was called like Something in the Night or something like that. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Let me see. Mm. Right, movies 2000s. I'm pretty sure. Not Twilight. Oh, you're going to get a lot of them. Not Twilight. 30 Days of Night maybe I'm thinking. No, it's not that one. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. That was a comic book too. Ah, uh, then I think maybe it is that one. They were influenced a lot by comic books because, I mean, technically, um, 300 is a comic Walking book. Walking Dead? Yeah. I mean, yeah, technically, uh, three, 300 is a comic book by Frank Miller, so, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this game? You think this game could have gotten, I don't know, more popular than Tournament of Legends? Because I feel like it would have marketed just... It would have just fit right into Sega's marketing with uh, the House of the Dead right. and Mad World. I I think if High Voltage just kept being the FPS like Wii game developer, I think they could have made a really great like third title in their in their kind of like Conduit Conduit Two and and this. But yeah, I I think Tournament of Legends was a misstep, and this one has Paul Blart Mall Cop in it too. Oh yeah, which is kind of yeah. cool. Cool cameo, very cool cameo. Yeah, we could even yeah. had him voice him, and he could be like the guy that talks to you on the uh, on the com. We got some problems in the mall here. Some vampire Is man. Is that what bats. Paul Blart says? I don't know. Yeah. What would he say? I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I I've watched like a couple minutes of it once at a in a hotel room, but yeah, uh, he's like, I'm I'm Paul Blart. I'm the mall cop. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't like watch that. rated R movies, so I haven't seen that. Oh. One. <laughs> it's 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 X rated. He gets naked. Oh yeah, definitely no. can't see that. He gets That's... kicked by a horse. That's pretty cool. So it's kind of like an Adam Sandler movie kind of thing, right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I love that. So that's all the notes I have. Uh, any closing thoughts you want to say for Tournament of Legends, Barry? 
Um, I like covering weird, forgettable games like this. Like, it's no slam on it, but it's just like some games aren't AAAs and some games aren't like Sonic 06 that we talk about for years to come. Some games just like come and go and we forget about them. So it's it's fun to talk about stuff that people aren't talking about. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> and I agree. And for our closing... Uh, we are going to read some Patreon memories. Oh, man. Oh, man. Somebody are didn't we? have it open. Uh-oh. So I'll talk more about Tournament of Legends. So they should have added Jesus in this game. I think he would have been... Or at least, like, his cousin. <laughs> like, he had to have a cousin, right? I don't know how that works. I'm actually not that person in the biblical sense. All right, I got it. I got it. Nicholas Schaefer says... My memories of Tournament of Legends is that Segabits announced that they will be doing a Sega talk on it. I'm looking forward to it. That was it. Was that worth? Was yes, that worth covering yes, for it me? Was, it, okay. it, was for, it was worth covering for you. Thank you for watching this episode of Sega Talks. Barry will tease the next episode, right? Oh yeah, we got to do another one. Um, next one's going to be Wacky Races. Uh, the Dreamcast Cell Shaded Racing Classic. So I'm looking forward to that. Are you talking about the Looney Tunes game? No, that's uh, the other. I know. I want to make two. Mad. There's two great Cell Shaded Racers on the Dreamcast. Look at that. Right. We'll catch you guys next time on Sega Talk. Bye. Bye.